0: What's good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. This is episode six. This is our betting slash fantasy preview show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. And with me, as always, from NFL Network, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle?
1: Hey, hey. I am excited to be here. You know, I at least have the 49ers to look forward to on Sundays now because my Steelers, they suck. So I need a team to actually give me some excitement this year. And it seems like the 49ers are going to do that for me
0: they do suck like when when it was fourth down <laughs> last week and ben checks it down to Najee harris like immediately i was like what are you doing he looks totally cooked michelle
1: Oh yeah, they didn't even try. They didn't even try to score in that play. The entire defense, the entire Bengals defense knew exactly where that ball was going. <laughs> there was like five guys ready to tackle Najee Harris. Like someone else had to be open and Ben was like, "Yeah, I'm just going to pass it here anyways on fourth and what, 12." Like, it was I'm- It's so hard to watch them. It's really painful.
0: On the one hand, I was happy because you've been singing Najee's praises and he got like, what was it, 19 targets or something yeah. like that? So I was happy about that because you convinced me to draft him. But at the same time, like, dude, what are you That – it is so frustrating when you have an offense that cannot move the ball. And I we know all too well in San Francisco what that is like. It's like everybody else seems like they can chuck it down the field, but for some reason our two teams are stuck in the mud.
1: Oh, yeah. The Jaguars had no issues moving the ball against the Bengals defense. So apparently uh, the Steelers offense is worse than the Jaguars, right? That's how that works.
0: Man, that is a depressing, depressing thought. uh before we get rolling here i want to remind everybody if you haven't done so already please follow the niners nation podcast network drop us a rating and a review if you like what you hear if you're already subscribed that's great we appreciate it but if you want to help us out just take two seconds drop us a rating and a review it really helps uh, people discover us it helps you know our shows become bigger and better so we can do a lot more cool stuff in the future all right, it's Seahawks week, Michelle, so I'm like, no sleep. I'm, I'm logging into field goals, our Seahawks community here at SP Nation, and I'm like trying to find dirt on the other team. And here's what I generally have uncovered. The Seahawks fans think their defense is trash. They think their secondary is terrible. And the way I look at this, everything should line up for the 49ers offense to be able to move the ball. I thought that against Green Bay, and I was totally wrong. What do you see this week?
1: The 49ers should have no trouble at all having the time of possession and moving the ball. Right now, the Seahawks are dead last in time of possession in the NFL. They only have the ball for about 23 minutes a game, which is almost two full minutes less than the Jaguars, who are the second lowest in time of possession per game. Like They've been incredibly... Just like they're fine on offense, but they're so bad on defense that it just does not allow their offense to have too many plays. They're only averaging 52 offensive plays per game, dead last in the NFL. So if, you know, the Seahawks defense allows the 49ers to just hold on to that ball, that's what they need to do, have long drives. And we know Jimmy Garoppolo can do that because he's going to pass five yards per play. Uh, That's kind of the... This is where Jimmy Garoppolo might be effective, right? It might. This game plan might work for them that way. Keep Russell Wilson off the field. That's how you beat the Seahawks.
0: Well, that is the thing for me going into this game. Like It seems to all be setting up for the 49ers offense to have a big day. If Jimmy can't do it in this week at home against this team with this secondary and The Seahawks' defense has really struggled against screen passes this year. For some reason, like, they can't get their assignments right, and they've got gashed by it. The 49ers love screen passes. They love passes behind the line of scrimmage. If Jimmy can't do it this week, like, he can't do it against anybody. So that's my, like, number one thing I'm watching. You know, if he can't do it this week, how's he going to do it against bigger and badder and tougher defenses? So he better light it up. If he doesn't, I'm going to be very disappointed.
1: He was very disappointing against the Packers. Listen, he's doing the same exact thing he always does. He's averaging fewer than six air yards per attempt. Only Matt Ryan and him have done that so far this year. And, you know, Matt Ryan and that Falcons offense is terrible, terrible. So you don't want to be compared to them. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of got it going at the end of the game, but it just, it was not a pretty game, right? At halftime, I really wanted Trey Lance to come in. Now this is a type of, This is what I was talking about before the season. I do think Jimmy Garoppolo in this matchup gives you the better chance to win. And we've seen rookie quarterbacks this year, and they're losing games for their team, right? It's good that Trevor Lawrence is getting more reps. You see him getting better each game, and that's what you want to get out of Trey Lance. But are you willing to lose those games in the meantime? No, because the 49ers are actually a playoff contender. This game, Jimmy Garoppolo gives you the best chance to win. And I think this is you know, perfect matchup for him. Wear those short plays and let his, let his guys do the work after the catch. They're going like Devo Samuel is going to be able to destroy the secondary after the catch. So I, I think the game plan will work out just fine for the 49ers.
0: I'm going to push back on that a little bit because we just talked about how bad the Seahawks defense has been. That, to me, seems like a perfect time to to play Trey Lance because you want to play him against a soft defense. And here's something that, that jumped out to me from last week with Lance. You know, at the end of the first half, the Packers are up 17 points. The 49ers are in the red zone. They can't get it in. There's two seconds left. And Kyle Shanahan says to Trey Lance, save us, and brings in Lance with two seconds, and he runs it in the end zone. Then, later in the game, in the fourth quarter, The 49ers are down 24-14, to and they bring in Trey Lance again. It's second and goal from the three-yard line. Not only do they bring in Lance again, they let him throw, and he actually rolls out and he throws a pass that draws a pass interference penalty that puts the 49ers on the one-yard line. And what I have said is I'm wondering if on that last possession for the 49ers, if they weren't going to go to Trey Lance again. Don't forget, Jimmy Garoppolo throws the touchdown on first down, and Kyle Shanahan said after the game, we called a play that we didn't think was going to score because they were kind of worried about the clock and running it down. I'm wondering if maybe the plan wasn't, hey, let's bring in Trey Lance again here. To me, I kind of feel like his role is increasing and maybe, you know, he starts to become more of like a standard red zone type of player. And as he should be,
1: he should be that quarterback that's used once they get inside the 10-yard line. It's way harder for defenses to figure out what in the world Trey Lance is going to do when there's no space to work right so is he going to run is he going to throw i, I think that's perfect for him they're a hundred percent success rate in the red zone so far which we know that has not been their strong strength it has not been a strength at all over the last couple of years so like for them to succeed in the red zone like this that's a really good sign obviously they're not going to be able to continue this efficiency but it's a really good sign that they're having the success and I do think Trey Lance coming in for some of these drives has been a big reason for that.
0: I totally agree with you it adds another a whole other element to the offense and that's like you said Shanahan has struggled in the red zone in his career uh, because there's just not as much space for any of his stuff to be able to work Trey Lance does help with that so that is good. The 49ers I just I'm at my wits end here. The offense is, it's not supposed to be this hard, Michelle. It's just not. Every throw is contested. It's very, very frustrating. But we want to get into a couple of prop bets for the 49ers. First of all, the spread in this game is Niners minus three. Um, That's basically because they're at home. That's essentially what Vegas is telling you that these two teams are even. The over-under is 51 and a half. I'm going to take the over on this game. Neither defense, I think, is going to be able to stop the other offense. To me, this could be like a 34 30 type of game.
1: Yeah. And you like taking the over. And the over did hit last week, it did not hit in week two. I would take the over as well because of the Seahawks and their defense being so bad. And Russell Wilson is so incredibly good. Like, I feel bad for Russell Wilson. He is having an amazing season and he's one and two. Like, that's not fair for him, right? But it is what it is. He's never lost three consecutive games in a season and in his entire career. So the 49ers could end that streak for him, which is an insane streak because he's with five other Hall of Famers, right? Right now, it's Tom Brady has that record with 281 starts without three consecutive losses. Then it's Joe Montana, Russell Wilson is third, and then Peyton Manning fourth, Steve Young fifth. So it's an insane streak that he's on. He does, does not lose three games in a row. I think the 49ers could actually really break that. I, I, have, I have a good feeling about the 49ers in this game. They just match up so well. I would take the over and I would take them to cover their three points.
0: Do you know that Jimmy Garoppolo has never lost two starts in a row with the 49ers? So really? Something has to give in this game. Ooh. Well, Garoppolo
1: barely plays two games in a row.
0: (laughs) See, that's the secret. That's the secret sauce. That's the gif of that guy pointing to his head. Like, yeah, if you're injured, you can't lose two in a row.
1: It's a lot more impressive because Russell Wilson has never missed a start, right? Yes. And he's never lost three games.
0: All right. Let's do this. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into some of the individual player props. There's one specifically about Russell Wilson that I think, if it hits, will be a good sign that the Seahawks are going to win the game. Looking at some prop bets for week four here, Niners, Seahawks. All right, Michelle, this is the prop that jumped out to me immediately. Longest completion for either quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is at 35 and a half. I'm telling you right now, take the frigging under because he doesn't even attempt <laughs> passes longer than 20 yards. And But for Russell Wilson, it's 36 and a half. And one of the things that killed the 49ers last week is that Aaron Rodgers was able to go deep down the field super fast, negate the pass rush, but still pick up chunk plays. They had two 40-yard plays on their first two possessions. They were getting pass interference flags all over the place. If Russell Wilson hits this over and is able to get a completion of over 36 and a half yards, I think it's going to be a sign that the Niners defense is in big trouble.
1: And I think it's fair to say they would get that if Tyler Lockett was healthy, but he's dealing with a hip injury and didn't even practice on Thursday. And then all of a sudden, DK Metcalf comes up on the injury report with a foot injury, and he banged up his knee last game. Like, if they don't have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, the 49ers should destroy the Seahawks because those are basically all of Russell Wilson's weapons. Like, you have two great wide receivers and nobody else on the team. Their rookie, Dwayne Eskridge, is also dealing with a concussion. We'll see if he can be cleared before game time. If they don't have those three guys and Gerald Everett is on the COVID-19 list, we'll see. I, I don't know if he's uh, vaccinated or not. If he is, then there's potential he can come back. They might not have any weapons. So you definitely want to smash that under if Lockett and Metcalf aren't in the game. If Metcalf's in or Lockett, uh, you know, they can break a long play at any given time. And with... I Kind of like the over for Jimmy Garoppolo as well because Devo Samuel, it doesn't, he doesn't have to do it through the air, right? Devo Samuel could destroy the secondary. So if he just gets a, a a reception in space, he could easily take it. What was it, 30 yards you said?
0: It was 35 and
1: a half. Oh, for Jimmy Garoppolo, 35 and yeah. a
0: half. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's,
1: that's longer than I would thought they'd give him. <laughs> that's See? a little bit riskier. But I still think, you know, Devo's just so good in space. I, I, I still think they could hit that over.
0: So you, are totally right about Debo Samuel in his career against the Seahawks. He's never had fewer than five catches and a hundred receiving yards in a game. Now, granted, he's only played yep. a couple of games against them, but he averages over 120 yards from scrimmage against Seattle. He has clearly been the 49ers best player on offense so far this year. He's been the tone setter. His over under for receiving yards in this game is 70 and a half. And I love the over. Like I've, I feel completely comfortable that Debo is going to run roughshod through this defense.
1: Yeah, I 100% would take the over on that. Two of his five career games with over 100 receiving yards have come against the Seahawks. I was actually shocked he only has five career games with 100 receiving yards, but I guess he's missed some time. But, yeah, he's the clear-cut wide receiver one on this team. He's getting more targets than George Kittle as well. Brandon Ayuk, I know people are excited he got the touchdown last week, but he still only saw 15% of the target share. Like, he's not involved. Kyle Shanahan hates his guts, so hopefully (laughs) he gets more involved. But Devo Samuel is the only guy they want to get involved in this offense. They need to get George Kittle more involved as well. But uh, Devo Samuel should easily hit that over.
0: I'm a little worried about Kittle. You know, the over/under for yards on him is 67 and a half. I'm not even sure he's going to play. You know, Kyle, the 49ers do this thing. It drives me nuts. On Monday, they come out with the injury report, and Kyle says, Oh, yep, yeah, Kittle's uh, gonna, you know, he has some calf tightness. He's day to day, but he should be fine." And then what happens? He doesn't pra- They have a day off Tuesday. He doesn't <laughs> practice Wednesday. He doesn't practice Thursday and now he's getting asked about Kittle, and he's like, well, we'll see. It's like, why did you say he should be fine? I, they they constantly downplay injuries, and then they look like they don't know what the hell they're talking about when these players are out later in the week. And, like, I'm sorry. If Kittle doesn't play, that's huge for the 49ers. That's going to make it much, much harder to run. They Like you said, they haven't really been involving him too much in the passing game, but if they're not going to chuck the ball to Brandon Ayuk and Kittle's out, then it's basically Debo Samuel and – a bag of nothing and then I'm really worried about the Niners offense
1: Kittle's so important to the 49ers offense even when he's not being targeted like they move the ball so much better all around when George Kittle's out there so this would be a massive loss I feel like he doesn't need a practice to play and he plays through these injuries so I think he's going to be all right. And if he's out there, like injuries don't really affect him all that (laughs) much, right? Like He's going to be fine. I think he can hit the over. He's done it in three of his five games, uh, career games against, not career. I'm not counting his rookie year. That's not fair. You don't count tight end rookie years. But since 2018, he's hit that over in three of his five games against the Seahawks. They they did use him more last week. They need to get him more involved. Involved in, yeah, I'm not too worried about the calf injury. He'll be fine.
0: They need to get him involved down the field, though. I'm tired of these like little dump offs where it's like George Kittle has to make seven yards appear magically because he breaks three tackles. Like get in yeah. the ball down the field and then let him run after the catch. Like you know, if he catches the ball ten yards past the line of scrimmage and then runs for seven more, that's a seventeen yard gain instead of throwing it to him at the line of scrimmage and he gets seven yards because he breaks three guys' tackles. Like use and that's him the way he's going weapon. to get
1: injured more right yes. because George Kittle is not going to just take that 5-yard pass. He wants to get more. So he's going to try to break all of these tackles and he's so good at it and he's so tough, but that's how he's going to get injured. So you need to get him out in space more. Throw to him deeper.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. Absolutely. George Kittle ain't running out of bounds. Um, <laughs> more props. Brandon Ayuk's over/under for receiving yards is 42 and a half. It was 28, something like 28 last game. So clearly you know, Vegas thinks that Ayuk's going to become part of the game plan a little bit more. He got, like you said, more of the target share last week than he had been getting. I feel like whatever lesson Kyle wanted to teach him seemingly is over now. He has taught that lesson. Trent Shurfield had two snaps, I think. Last week, which is hilarious, because supposedly he was good enough to start over Ayuk in week one. And now he's getting two yeah. snaps in the game, so I don't know Shanahan what's going makes on. Makes
1: himself look so bad sometimes. Yes. Like how how is he the starter, and how did he win the job over Ayuk, and then automatically within five, you know, three practices, Ayuk just proved himself. Like no, he didn't. <laughs> like you clearly, you're upset with him about something. You didn't want him out there because he did not just prove himself in three practices after a whole summer. A whole summer, and you know OTAs sure Sh- 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 like <sighs> I get so upset about this because why is Shanahan ruining Ayuk? He's such a talent, <laughs> and, and pa- pass him the damn ball because just going short to Debo or to Kittle is not the way you're going to win these tough matchups. You have to have another player involved that can win those intermediate routes, and that's Ayuk, and. You know, Shanahan just despises that man. I don't know why. It does
0: seem like he's working, like he's making it harder for his own offense. And by the way, Mohamed Sanu is getting snaps over Trent Sherfield, So it's not even like, well, he's behind Ayuk. He's behind Ayuk and Sanu. So that just goes to show that the idea that he was better than Brandon Ayuk is bullshit now. Yeah,
1: but last week when Ayuk, you know, it felt like he was more involved. He was finally getting some targets. He got the touchdown. He's still at the same amount of targets as... Sanu, so it's like, Ayuk should be getting more targets than Muhammad Sanu. He should be more involved. You know, it should be the focal point of this offense should be those three top guys, Devo, Ayuk, and Kittle, but they're only using Devo, really. Kittle needs to be way more involved as well. There's so, many, so much talent on this offense, and Shanahan's just not utilizing it to, to what it could be.
0: Now, a huge part of that is because the 49ers run game has largely been poop. Over the first three yeah. weeks of the season, they're averaging, I believe it's 3.4 yards per carry without Raheem Mostert, who only lasted four snaps. So much of the offense is obviously based on the play action. But here's the thing. The Seahawks' rush defense is not any good either. So we've been saying it all show, but like this is the week for the Niners' offense to show out. It looks like it's going to be Trey Sermon. We don't know about Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he was back at the at practice with the blue non-contact jersey. I have a feeling that maybe it might take one more week for him, but it's Trey Sermon. It should be his show, and give him the ball. No more of this handing the ball to Kyle Juszczyk. Like, let Sermon play.
1: Yeah, and utilize him to his strengths. Like, he he's great up the middle. He's not going to win on the outside all that much. He's not a speedster. If you wanted a speedster, why did you trade up for Trey Sermon in the third yes. round? It doesn't make any sense. You know, you, like, you watch this tape. You know he's not fast. I don't I don't get that draft pick at all if you're not going to utilize his strengths and also he is a power back you need to feed him the ball getting one carry every once in a while it's not the type of back he is he needs those reps to get going and as he you know. Like, Derrick Henry in the beginning of many games does not do all that much. It's as you give him those 12, 13, 14, 15 carries, and in those second half of games, that's when he explodes. And that's when defenses are tired because they've had to stop Derrick Henry. But it doesn't matter if Henry struggles in the beginning. They keep feeding him the ball because they know he's going to get better. I'm not comparing Sermon to Henry. Obviously, Henry is a much better talent, but that's the kind of back he is. So if you want to get the run game going, you want that time of possession then you have to deal with Sermon getting maybe two, three carries for the first you know, handful of carries. But then he'll get going, and they need to utilize him in that way. But I don't think Shanahan's patient enough to do that.
0: Well, here's the troubling thing for the 49ers. The Seahawks have scored the most points in the first half of any team in the NFL this season with 62. The 49ers have... Yeah, and then have they do sh-
1: nothing in the second half.
0: <laughs> yes, they've scored the fewest points in the second half this season. Listen, they have only scored in the second half of all games this year. Seattle has only scored 13 points, which is unreal if you think about it. But yeah. that... What I'm worried about is the Seahawks come out like gangbusters like they have, and the 49ers continue to struggle in the first quarter like they have. They have just 39 yards and one first down in their last two first quarters. So this could potentially be a game where, like we saw last week, Seattle goes up two scores, maybe 10, 17 points, and the 49ers have to battle back again. And while the Seattle offense might slow down and give them the chance, the Niners just aren't built to overcome double-digit leads again and again.
1: They're not, but I hope they don't abandon the run if they do go down because what we're seeing is the Seahawks start to struggle in the second half, likely because their defense is falling apart. They're <laughs> just not getting on the field as much on offense. So run out that clock a little bit. It's okay if you're down 10-0. to Like You'll come back, run out that clock, get you know, get that touchdown slowly, keep Russell Wilson off the field. Like I hope they don't just go and abandon the run. Cause I think that could be a recipe for disaster. If they do that against, you know, the Seahawks, if they start giving the ball back to Russell Wilson quickly, if they're passing, passing, and it's not succeeding, um, that, that could be dangerous because that's You know, the Seahawks aren't not scoring in the second half because Russell Wilson's struggling. It's because he doesn't have the ball. I mean, he has 133.6 passer rating this year, highest in the NFL, seven pass touchdowns, zero interceptions. He is the only quarterback to have seven-plus pass touchdowns and 125 passer rating in his first three games and have a loss. And he has two losses. So the other 13 quarterbacks who have done that in the Super Bowl era, a combined 39 and zero record and Russell Wilson is one and two it's because (laughs) that defense is so bad it has nothing to do with Russell Wilson so you need to keep him off the field and you're not going to do that if you're you get all worried because you're down and you start just passing passing passing
0: so we are recording this show on Friday morning and Kyle Shanahan was just on KNBR Michelle and he said it is quote not guaranteed that George Kittle will play on Sunday as he deals with that calf issue. Ugh. Like, come on, yeah. man. That Can we just have one week with all our people out there? Like, one time. It's unbelievable with this team. It,
1: is there an update on Josh Norman today yet? Yes. I mean, it's early.
0: Shanahan said that he would pretty much say it's doubtful. Uh, Well, when you have two bruised lungs, you usually don't come back from that in a week. So I never bought the – like, they said that it's possible that he plays, but, like, think about that. He bruised his lungs. Like, you're not going to want to throw this guy out there seven days later. Um, He Shanahan did hint that Dre Kirkpatrick could be a starting option for the 49ers outside, which is a horrifying thought, which, I mean, I know DK is on the injury report and Lockett's a little banged up, but if those guys are out there – they're gonna eat.
1: Yeah, but since they're both injured, you know, it's going to be hard to to figure out how many snaps they're gonna play. Lockett's injury looked really bad. I cannot believe he was able to come back into that game last week and finish. It, and then he's like, it's weird that he practiced in a limited capacity on Wednesday and then couldn't practice on Thursday. That just shows me like he tried and it didn't work. Yeah. Like he's in too much pain. I don't foresee Tyler Lockett being able to play in this game or do much if he does. DK Metcalf, I guess we have no idea what that injury was. It must have happened during practice. And it's a foot, a foot injury. injury
0: could, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it was. Step on That's his foot good. as soon as the game starts. Just kick it.
1: And I know we were talking about the rookie Lenore last week about how he's been performing pretty well. Defenses, I mean, opposing quarterbacks are bullying him, though. He, they're targeting him hard. 18 targets he's had this year, according to PFF, and no one else, you know, Mosley's seen six. Williams has seen six, Uh, Johnson has seen six, so triple the amount of targets are going his way. He's doing a decent job, only allowing 50% of completions, but the completions that he's allowing are deep ones, like allowing 18 yards per reception, Uh, so if Metcalf is out there and he gets Lenore, like he could definitely get a deep reception on him, but if there's no wide receivers and there's no Everett, it's like, is Dwayne Eskridge really going to tear up the secondary? I don't think so.
0: I I think that the 49ers defense is not as bad as they looked uh, against the Packers. I think that Russell Wilson is not going to hurt the 49ers defense as quickly as Aaron Rodgers did. Some people had Aaron Rodgers' average time to throw in week three at like 2.03 seconds, which is insane. That's not Russell Wilson's game. He's going to hold the ball longer. That's going to let Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and D. Ford and all those guys have a chance to affect the play. Now, I think Russ is still going to scramble around, but the pass rush is going to be a factor and maybe just maybe the 49ers defense could I don't know force a turnover imagine that they only have one so far this season it was the pick six by Dre Greenlaw how about the pass rush getting at Russell Wilson a little bit forcing some turnovers and for a change setting up the offense to have a short field
1: yeah and if again if you're you're missing all of your playmakers I don't think Freddie Swain and Dwayne Eskridge are going (laughs) to like be creating a ton of separation out there on, you know, on the secondary. So that should allow for the pass rush to get to Russell Wilson and Wilson makes mistakes. You know, he's not a mistake. He makes mistakes on the regular last year. He did anyways. So I do think that they could cause an interception or two from Wilson this week. We'll, we'll see what happens there, but yeah, they're going to need to make Wilson turn over the ball to win this game, but I I think it'll
0: happen. I'm a little worried about Jimmy Garoppolo because he only has one interception on the year. And, and to be fair to him, that was an insane play from Jair Alexander on that interception. But he's put the ball in harm's way a lot. And even last year, the Seahawks defense wasn't great, but they were able to force turnovers. Now, they haven't done that as much this year, but you can only put the ball and have turnover worthy plays so often, Michelle, and get away with it. Eventually, those are going to yeah. actually turn into real interceptions.
1: Oh, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is getting so lucky. Just so many of his balls that could be easy interceptions are just, they're not coming down with it. And I don't know if this is the week where they actually turn those bad throws into interceptions. I, I just I, I just don't believe in the Seahawks secondary whatsoever. But he is getting insanely lucky. The 49ers have just had been a very, very lucky team on the field this year. the The flags are going their ways. Uh, the, the ball is just bouncing their way and you have to hope that luck continues or else you might start losing games a little bit, a little bit faster, you know, losing those leads. But right now they look good, but they need to not count on luck because that's not going to last all year long. Right,
0: luck and hope is not a game plan. The 49ers have two goal line stands in three weeks They had one against the Eagles that had one against the Packers last week. You know, that prevents them from getting down even more it make you know it just makes everything look better and sometimes you forget that oh yeah by the way the defense stopped them in the red zone like that is not going to continue you can't count on a goal line stand from your defense every week before we go I have a little bit of a bone to pick with you because I felt like you uh you tried to hurt me this week Michelle there's just no other way to put it I'm sitting around <laughs> yesterday just, you know, doing my doing my work, putting podcasts together, reading stuff, researching. All of a sudden I get the direct message from you, and it's the excerpt from Seth Wickersham's book about the Patriots, all about how Tom Brady wanted to come to the 49ers when he left there, and the 49ers basically said no. And I just want to know, why are you trying to hurt me?
1: That's brutal. So do you think that's – clearly Tom Brady was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo on that show, right? With that, with that uh, sentence that he said, what did he say? They chose. You're sticking that. with that mother. Yeah, you're sticking with <laughs> that mother. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, clearly he was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, which is insane because they were teammates, and you, he clearly just does not like the dude. I mean, you can say whatever you want. He can, he can say, "Oh no, I like him" or whatever. But yeah, that's that's brutal. And then Tom Brady goes to the Buccaneers and just wins immediately, and you just wonder what would happen if he was on the Forty ers instead of Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: So if for anybody that hasn't read the excerpt, basically this is how it went. According to Seth Wickersham, Brady reached out to Wes Welker, his former teammate and the 49ers' receivers coach and said, "If I want to go to the Niners, like my parents will be able to drive to the games for the first time in, you know, a really long time and that's where I want to finish my career. There'll be no free agency tour, there'll be no bidding war. Like I want to go there. If they want me, we're good." So Welker, of course, told the 49ers, hey, this guy's interested. So what Shanahan did was he had the offensive coaches review every throw that Brady made the year before, and he did the same thing. And they all huddled up, and they all discussed what they thought. And the conclusion that they came to was that Brady was marginally better, or they were basically the same. And they were a little worried that, you know, 43-year-old Tom Brady wasn't going to be able to hold up. Don't forget, they're coming off the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I know a lot of people were upset about it yesterday, Michelle, but I can't crush the 49ers for not wanting to put all their eggs in the basket of a 43-year-old quarterback.
1: Listen, I think that's fine, but also going to look at Tom Brady's tape. Hey, why are you going to look at Tom Brady's tape? He's Tom Brady. He's, he's the go and you, you know what he can do. And also he was passing to nobody. He left the Patriots for a reason because they wouldn't surround him with any talent. It's the weirdest thing. Like you have the best quarterback of all time. And you're like, nah, we're just going to keep throwing the kill Harry out there. Like <laughs> you got him like, good luck and with the 49ers. He would have talent around him. I know a lot of players got injured last year. So who knows the talent he would have had, but you know, Debo and Ayuk and. George Kittle would have been some of his best talent he had in years, and it's the same thing when he was going to the Buccaneers. He went there for a reason because there were so many offensive weapons. You knew Brady could still make those passes, and the only reason that the Patriots look so terrible is because he had nobody to pass to at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw last year when Brady had Godwin and Mike Evans and Gronk or the the shell of Gronk that was out there. He threw 40 touchdown passes, which is insane. Like. Do people realize that I think there have only been like 11 or 12 seasons of 40 or more touchdowns in the history of the league? Like, that just doesn't happen that often. And Brady did it as soon as he had an offense around him that was packed with skill players. So I I get that, like, especially now with Garoppolo, you know, struggling or doing what Garoppolo does, that people look back and say, oh, God, that would have been great. I kill the 49ers all the time, Michelle. You know that. This is one that I'm not going to get on them too hard about. Uh, But that doesn't excuse sticking with Garoppolo now, and I hope that they don't, but it seems like for now it's Jimmy's job.
1: Listen, if they said, you know, we just made the Super Bowl, we don't want to mess things up, we think, like, Jimmy Garoppolo can still get better, if they said all of those things, that's fine. But the fact that they said there's not that much of a difference between Tom Brady right now and Jimmy Garoppolo, that's inexcusable. That's just ridiculous. If that is true, right, if those are true statements... That's the ridiculous part. If they wanted to, you know, not pay up for Tom Brady and they wanted to stick with their locker room and they thought Jimmy Garoppolo could just get better, like if that was their reasoning, that's fine. But the fact they actually thought Garoppolo was as good as Tom Brady, even at 43 years old, that's that's a rough pill to swallow.
0: And you have to just look at the history of the quarterback decisions in the Shanahan era, right? They don't scout Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson because they have their heart set on kirk cousins they don't even scout them it's not we looked at the film and thought kirk was better they didn't even look into them that is hideously hideously bad that goes on their football tombstone that is malpractice that they didn't do that they get jimmy garoppolo okay after the super bowl season obviously we just talked about the brady thing they stick with garoppolo again after last season they tr- they go after everybody they go after they went after dak prescott at one point which s- for some reason has not really gotten a lot of headlines but they looked into trading for dak prescott before he signed his big deal with dallas obviously we know the stafford thing there were sam darnold rumors the quarterback decisions from this team have not exactly been great under kyle shanahan
1: no they haven't and the fact that they needed to go watch the tape for tom brady just to see if they wanted to you know sign him or not is kind of it's kind of goofy. Like, you, you want to sign... T- if Tom Brady wants to sign with your team, you sign him. Like, that's the end <laughs> of the story. That that should have just been the entire story. Yeah, we wanted to sign him. He, he either didn't sign here or he signed here. That should have been the entire story. But it, it wasn't. And it makes you... It makes you wonder about the decision to trade up for Trey Lance. Like hopefully they're right on him. It looks like this quarterback class right now is not performing well in the rookie season. So Trey Lance is not going to have to do much when he comes on this field to perform the best out of this class. It's been (laughs) disgusting. It's been really bad. So Shanahan could look really smart if he, you know, gives him a shot.
0: The weird thing is I tweeted this out last week. The three greatest quarterbacks in my lifetime are Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Well, actually, if you want to throw in four, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Peyton Manning. And the 49ers passed on all of them. They passed on Brady, obviously, in the draft, and passed on him again. They passed on Peyton Manning. Jim Harbaugh met and threw with Peyton Manning when he was there with head coach of the 49ers when Manning was leaving the Colts. And the reason they didn't get Peyton Manning is because Jim Harbaugh started making fun of the fact that Manning's arm was so weak after his injury. Like, Jim Harbaugh literally started laughing at Peyton Manning, so they didn't get him. They could have drafted Aaron Rodgers, obviously, in 2005. They had the number one overall pick and chose to take Alex Smith. And they could have drafted Patrick Mahomes in 2017, and they instead didn't even scout him and took Solomon Thomas. Like, it is amazing that my team could have had all of those quarterbacks (laughs) and they passed on all of them.
1: Yeah, that's pretty brutal. That is – yeah, that's rough. I can't say the same about my Steelers. You know, Ben has had a good career. Not like those guys, but now I wish we had, you know, a good quarterback. I feel like it's going to be 20, 20 plus years before we ever find another good one. If I told you
0: right now, you could have Dwayne Haskins in starting this week for the Steelers. Would you do it? No,
1: no, no. If I'm ever watching Dwayne Haskins start for the Steelers, I'm officially a a full-time 49ers fan. (laughs) If that's ever the case, just get, there's no point of even watching that game.
0: All right. I'm just just checking because, you know, Ben has looked pretty crappy. So I just wanted to see if you were at that point. You are not that desperate. No, no, not at all. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. Again, if you haven't done it. Drop us a rating and a review. Smash that follow button. We really do appreciate it. There's going to be a special crossover pod tomorrow. I sat down with Brandon Scholes of Field Goals. So we'll do another Seahawks preview. It's Seahawk week, baby. So we got to step up our game. And after the game, as always, we remind you, join us online. We are streaming on YouTube. We are streaming on the Niners Nation Facebook page. We're streaming on Twitter instant reaction show after the game we'll take your comments and questions everything that happened we're going to break it all down so you definitely want to be a part of that enjoy your weekend enjoy the games michelle thank you very much and we will talk to you next week
1: bye y'all